What is up, everyone, and welcome in to Locked On Irish on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your lead host, Greg Schaefer. My co-hosts, Will and Mark, they are out today. So you're stuck with me, just a guy sitting in a room talking to himself. But uh, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, today is the day we're going to break down Coach Kelly's press conference. Um, and just this is something we're going to do each week starting now, basically. Uh, we'll do them a little earlier uh, next week. It'll be either Monday evening or Tuesday morning. We'll drop the episode. I know this one's getting dropped on Wednesday. Um, and then, you know, if uh, Locked On Network thinks we're decent enough to keep around, then next year you get that's pretty much what you can anticipate is uh, Monday evening, Tuesday morning instead of uh, Wednesday. So hope it, hopefully nothing nothing big happens. Like Coach Kelly takes another job, gets fired, the team decides they're not going to play football anymore or whatever that, uh, you know, I have to keep updated on because this is definitely going to be old news if some very big news happens. So, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter. At Locked On Irish, um, don't have the Facebook page up and going yet, but spread the word. You know we're a daily podcast, um, getting stuff out by next week. Everything should be pretty well up to date. Uh, we told Locked On when we signed on, we're like, hey, we, you know, we got a lot of obligations going on. If you know any background about us or know our other work, you know that we uh, we're busy, <laughs> just a little busy right now, and trying to finish some things up. And then, man, we by next week we should have this thing really ticking along. So. Presser was today, lasted about 27 minutes. Coach Kelly opened up, talked about, you know, getting a Power 5 win on the road. Um, you know, a nice win on the road, fine. Uh, Duke, probably one of the more complete performances of the season. I thought a little more about Duke before the season than what actually we got. Um, I don't think they're very good. I think they're back to being Duke football. Uh, you know, they've had some some solid years under David Cutcliffe, which, you know, he's a solid coach and he, he's worked with some of the best. Um, but out of this game, you know, it's not all great news. Yeah, it's awesome. 38-7 win and you know, all's fine and good. But then we come out of the game and we have several injuries to deal with. And I'll start with, you know, maybe by the least effective to the team, no offense to the kid, but Jack Lamb's done for the year with a torn muscle in his hip. Uh, he's seen a lot of special teams time and kind of buried on the depth chart at the linebacker position. So, you know, not as truly effective as some of these others, um, you know, as a overall effect on the team. So, uh, yeah, we're also, we're out without Joe Wilkins. Uh, coach Kelly did give us an update on Wilkins. He also gave us an update on Lindsay, which is interesting at best. I have a few thoughts on that. And then uh, the big one, when we talked about it on Sunday, we couldn't really, we knew there was an injury to Julian Aquara. We didn't really know the extent. I think we were talking about it during the show, and then, of course, we wrapped it up. We dropped that episode on Monday, so we were behind the eight ball on that one um, as far as what the actual extent of the injury was. But he is now done for the year with a fibula, fibula fracture. And so that really is going to put a lot of stress on that position. Um, you know, we lost Dalen Hayes, and now we've lost Julian Aquara. Before the season, you know, Aquara had, you know, had, has the measurables – had a great couple games last year, but seemed to really, really coming on toward the end of the year. And I kind of rated Hayes, Aquara, 1A, 1B, you know, interchange them, things like that. However, you know, you've lost Hayes, now you've lost Aquara, and now Jameer Jones is going to be the starter. And okay, I, I'm fine with that, but it's definitely, it definitely is a downgrade uh, compared to where we were with having Aquara out there. It was really nice to have that athleticism. And Coach Kelly alluded to on Sunday how, you know, this is going to be uh, kind of a disappointing year for Aquara. I think he expected way more. I think he was trying to set the single-season sack record, things like that. And you know, obviously that never came to fruition this season. 
but yeah, it definitely a disappointing end for him. But Coach Kelly mentioned that teams were kind of, you know, scheming against him and trying to take him alone out of the game, which on one hand, it's like, okay, maybe that opens some things for some other guys. We've seen, especially in the Virginia game, some guys get home. And, uh, you know, but it really makes me a little more disappointed that Khalid Kareem's not going off because you can't scheme against two guys. You can't scheme completely focus on two edge rushers unless your offensive line is just that dominant. But if you're putting that much focus on one thing, especially with this schedule, the teams we've played aren't that good. They're not good enough to be able to put all their eggs in one basket in against that one D end to where the other D end, if he is that elite, shouldn't be able to just get off the ball and, you know, have a sack a game essentially so yeah it's really kind of eye-opening there that we weren't able to take advantage if they were specifically scheming on Aquara you know is that play calling on the defensive side of the ball is that um you know is it just performance I mean sometimes we get on the coaches I feel like too much I mean yes there's a lot of things wrong with this team from a coaching perspective at times however at the end of the day they're the not the ones in the shoulder pads and helmets there are definitely some guys that are under under the dome, if you will, that uh, yeah, that have enough blame that they could they could receive for some of their performances. And sometimes guys just disappear out there, and it's it's really kind of frustrating when you t- think about you know before the season we were asking ourselves we we're like is this the best defensive line in the country? I disagreed. Uh, it was one thought of my team here is that uh, you know is this the best defensive line in the country? And you know the tackles had me concerned. The tackles have actually played better than I thought they would, and the DNs, call it hype, call it whatever, um, I don't know. They just haven't. It's like going into a movie that's supposed to be amazing, and it, you go in with such high expectations. Like, you think it's going to be the best movie you've ever seen in your life, and maybe it was really good, but then it was. It was. It was just really good, and so therefore it's just not that good at all to you. Maybe that that's the case this year. Um, you know, maybe if this performance for the Mies guys would have been last year, we'd have been saying how good it was, but the expectations of taking that next step were just there for Kareem and Aquara and then Dalen Hayes, who we lost, you know, early in the season, which we'll get him back. He'll be a day one starter next year. Great. He should eh, potentially maybe be a captain. We'll see about that. But yeah, it's just really concerning. Um, just how these guys aren't stepping up to the plate in some sense. So, uh, yeah, we'll get into Coach Kelly's presser, uh, full presser um, from today and uh, just talk about, well, from Monday, um, like I said, time delay on when this episode's getting released. So we want just wanted to get out as much material as possible, make sure we're living up to this daily podcast and just give you guys exactly what you want to hear, like I said, and just give you guys a great reaction to some of the stuff that Coach Kelly has uh, and Coach Kelly said during his presser and just kind of put us on a routine. So if I get the days mixed up, let me live a little bit there. So again, getting into Coach Kelly's presser here. Uh, he started with how he was impressed with, uh, you know, last Tuesday and Wednesday's practice, how guys came through and really stepped up to the plate. That was from Sundays. And then on Mondays, uh, talked about uh, how Malcolm Perry is a dynamic player, kind of like a point guard out there. Uh, I don't disagree. I know he alluded to a couple times he wished that uh, Malcolm Perry wasn't the quarterback, and I can't say I disagree with that either. I'll be doing our uh, Navy preview on Friday, and um, yeah, that kid, he's good. He is good. We're going to have to definitely uh, definitely scheme against him and just try to make sure we can hold him inside. And, and it, again, playing Navy, playing any triple option is just going to be about your keys. It's going to be about playing your responsibilities, not cheating, uh, you know, and just being disciplined. You know, trust your training, trust your coaching, 
And, you know, you see that pitch man. If you have pitch man, take the pitch man. If you have quarterback, take the quarterback. I don't care if the ball's in the air. Don't go for the pitch. If you guys just stay on your keys, this game can be easy. And the years that it's been easy are the years that you guys have actually played disciplined football against these guys. Again, I don't want to get too far off on that with Navy because I'm going to do a full-on Navy preview tour. Uh, I think I'll drop that Friday, and that'll actually be like real-time, up-to-date news. Look out. So, uh, and Coach Kelly did get into talking about Navy's defense. Uh, I talked about how their defense was outstanding. And you know what my reaction is to that is, uh, they talked about their rush defense is, uh, oh, good, great. That's that's awesome because we are struggling running the ball. Uh, pass protection has been solid to really good at times. And running the ball is just, I don't know, I, I feel like before the game this Saturday, he needs to just look at the team and just be like, guys, it's Navy. We've recruited maybe two of their 100 players over there. It's Navy. Go out there, run them over. You know, just get big, be more physical, be more athletic, be the three- to five-star recruit you are, and run over the the lesser talented team. Um, That's just what you're going to have to do on the offensive side of the ball. Take advantage of your possessions. Uh, that's going to be a theme all week when I, just, when I talk about this game. Navy's going to limit your possessions. Unless you get them three and out, which is not going to be very often. And, you know, sometimes it'll be four and out, which would be fine. But if they get the ball anything close to fourth and medium, near midfield, or in plus territory, they're going to go for it. So just be prepared. Uh, Coach Kelly was then asked about um, Drew White had a successful game, six tackles last year against Navy, and if he could, you know, potentially uh, almost be like the – he was asked later on about is he going to be the Greer Martini. You know, Greer Martini was just highly successful against the academies. Um, or against Navy. Um, I don't recall him playing any other... I guess they played Army in 16, but I don't remember him coming through the way he did um, against Navy. Uh, and maybe he didn't have to. Army wasn't very good that year. Um, but, you know, he, he didn't really... He didn't really react to that question. He more so said, yeah, you know, Drew White played a nice game, um, but it'll be a collective effort. And that kind of tells me, eh, no, Drew was is not playing up to the level Greer Martini is uh, against against the Naval Academy or against the triple option. Um, he did mention uh, what was brought up in the presser as well was he did like what he's seen from Houston Griffith. Uh, said we're going to see more of Griffith this week and an increase in the depth at the position, uh, at sa- the safety position. So... Um, yeah, you know, he talked about how, you know, we got three really good guys on the field with Jalen Elliott and uh, Lohi Gilman and Kyle Hamilton. And, you know, he talked about how you couldn't even keep Kyle Hamilton off the field. So, uh, yeah, you know, Houston Griffith, he's a nice player. He's a great athlete. Um, so, you know, got to find time for him, especially in a year that we're out of the playoffs. You got to find a strategic way to get him on the field to prep for next year because Jalen's gone. We got Pryor coming in. Uh, it'll probably push for time. You know, Griffith, we all thought was going to be like a day one starter, and that has since not happened. Um, you know, it's just going to be one of the things where you got to find a way to get him significant playing time um, in order to get ready for next year. Because without a conference title and without being a part of the playoff, um, now's the time for it. Um, next year is supposed to be a year we actually we do make a run. Um, I, I feel like with the experience that some of these guys like Drew White have had and JOK and – um, several of the other guys on defense and, you know, getting Dalen back this next season could be, you know, could be just like 2018. We'll have to see, see how guys progress. I'll be interested to see how Houston Griffith plays, but he did mention getting more fresh bodies on the field against Navy and, uh, keeping guys fresh against this triple option. 
Uh, we talked. He talked about what is makes Navy's triple option so good, and he just said that it's their in-game adjustments. You know, they referenced the Mishawaka Cavemen a couple times, who uh, local high school football team in South Bend that run the triple option, and said, you know, they've all they've probably seen it all as well, but they're you know they're not at the very tip top of you know Ken Niamatololo, love him or hate him, and his staff they absolutely are experts at this. They've probably run it better than anybody's ever ran it in the modern era. In the era of, you know, air raid offenses, five wide spread, whatever, whatever, read option, um, you know, RG3 style quarterback, Michael Vick style quarterback, and and how offensives have um, evolved, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. You know, triple option, that game is for, it's for military academies, it's for schools that aren't very good to out-scheme you. And in the modern era, they've actually done it probably better than anybody I can think of. Um, You know, Georgia Tech had some nice success with Paul Johnson, but eventually that wore thin. You know, I think recruiting has a lot to do with it. If you're going to go to an academy, you anticipate playing for a triple option based team. Whereas, you know, if I go to Georgia Tech, you know, I unless I'm that kid on last chance you, I probably know that they run the triple option and I'm probably not going to go there. You know, unless I come from a triple option system, um, a lot of those guys, you know, highly ranked recruits, they're wanting to go to the NFL. They're not necessarily wanting to go to, you know, play for the triple option. So, you know, it's just one of those things that the teams that aren't quite as talented run, but they have been able to do it at such a high level. Uh, one of the next questions was how, uh, you know, things he enjoys about playing Navy. And I wish he would have said nothing and get it off the schedule. And this is a rant I'll get on on Friday. Um because I hate this game. Uh, it's one of the most unwatchable games. I hate watching the triple option since we're on that topic. Um, but I'll just quote what Kelly said. He got into respect, history, tradition. And um, yeah, as you can tell, I am against continuing this game, but it's something I'll talk about on Friday. So we'll get to that at that point in time. <laughs> A little teaser for you. Make you tune in on Friday. You'll either love me or hate me for my opinion, I'm sure. So moving on here, it looks like Kelly mentioned that uh, Navy moved back to more of a traditional triple option. And, you know, I guess I didn't really notice that in the last couple years. They did try to throw a little more, try to go a little more traditional, but still their roots were were triple option uh, based offense. He did discuss some toss sweep plays to be aware of. And the things he discussed and how they moved from trying to move a little more traditional offense, I mean... I don't know. Has anybody else really noticed that much of a difference in Navy's offense the last two years? And if there was, maybe that was the reason why, you know, last year, what they finished three and 10, 10 losses for a Ken Niamatololo, uh, you know, led off triple option offense. That's, I mean, that's the most in, in his tenure at Navy, which is kind of incredible. I know they did have a little controversy at quarterback, Malcolm Perry, who's the quarterback now. He was uh, playing slot, wingback, and then they had Zach Aby, Garrett Lewis back there. So, I don't know. Maybe that's why teams are, you know, having such an easy time figuring them out. I guess easy is not the best word for it, but uh, 10 losses, ugh, that, that's not good. Now, sitting there at 7-1, and one, and I'm really looking forward to Friday giving you guys a preview of this team because, um, yeah, I mean, the strength of competition, uh, strength of schedule has just not really been there this year for Navy. Um, and I'll probably repeat myself, but, you know, uh, when you look at their schedule, the only team they play with a pulse has been Memphis, and that's their only loss. So um, he did discuss how they uh, they do good a good job, and I mentioned earlier how they get pressure on the quarterback, um, their size. They got a decent-sized defensive line. 
Um, so now just kind of on Dakwara being out for the year, um, you know, he t- did discuss exactly who, how the roles were going to be. Um, we're looking at, um, you know, the um, Adamia Ola brothers. I, I always get tripped up on that one uh, for some reason. Uh, and then Ovia Gofu uh, and uh, Addy are going to jump in there as well. Um, it looks like, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to let Foskey burn up his red shirt. Um, this is interesting to me. He adamantly said during the presser that Isaiah Foskey will not play on Saturday. Um, in the age of guys leaving in three years, the kid was a four-star recruited by everyone. He, he, you know, spurned Alabama to come to us. He had an offer from them. I mean, several other schools. Guys aren't staying four and five years anyway. Definitely not five. Um, if you see anything in this kid to get him on the field and get us set up for next year to have that experience, I say do it. Um, I know there's always some hesitation because maybe a guy doesn't develop like you think, and then he develops later on into his fifth year. I know we got into that with, I think, Kona Schwanke in 14. Um, That's the first one off the top of my head. You know, we burn up his red shirt, uh, I believe, was either in Kelly's first year or Charlie's last year, he got in like a couple plays and then it was like, well, no more fifth year because now we, you know, it's already been burned up. So, uh, and I did think it was interesting that he, when in speaking about Foskey, um, yeah, he, he talked about how Kyle Hamilton came up and, you know, he said, unless it's caught, you know, somebody like Kyle Hamilton. And he almost basically said, Kyle Hamilton's too good. Couldn't keep him off the field. So it looks like this week, definitely the rotation, will 100% uh, from what Kelly's saying, because he's saying Foskey's not going to play. It's going to be Ovia Gofu, uh, DJ, and then uh, Adam, the Adam, uh, yeah, let me get that right. Admiola brothers, Jason and Justin. Man, I've heard that name. I've, I've killed names over the years. I've used to pride myself on being able to say, you know, a little bit more difficult to pronounce names, but these guys, they're, uh, they're tripping me up for some reason. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I like the rotation. I like getting the guys involved. I'm going to get to the depth chart for this week here in just a little bit. Um, you know, I guess we're getting guys experience, if nothing else, but I, I don't know what we're really going to see going into next year because, I mean, essentially, the schedule's just so bad. You know, Navy, what can you really take from it? BC's no good. Stanford's down. Uh, you know, even if we get Texas in a bowl game, I think I discussed that yesterday. I, ugh, I mean... You know, we don't have any elite competition to really see what we got in these guys. Even if we, even we make the Orange Bowl or, uh, you know, or the Cotton Bowl. I seen a projection the other day had us against Memphis in the Cotton Bowl. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know. That's not elite competition to me. So, uh, moving on here with Coach Kelly's presser, uh, he talked about Javon McKinley. Uh, one of the question was asked. He really showed flashes against the non-Power Five opponents. However, he, uh, you know, got good blocks in against Duke and kind of helped break away a few plays, but, um, you know, just not really the receiving threat just yet in big games. And I got to say, that's one of the things I've been really frustrated by. He's a big body. You know, he looks incredible against Bowling Green in New Mexico, but has largely been irrelevant when it's come to actual competition. Um, no offense to New Mexico and Bowling Green, but they're not exactly uh, playoff contenders. And Coach Kelly kind of referenced this being his first season uh, really playing, but in my mind, this guy, he's got to probably come back. He's a, you know, he's going to be a fifth-year guy. 
So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I get sick of some of the excuses sometimes. Like that that kind of stuff, I don't know. This guy, he was All-American in high school. He had the injury. He had a little, you know, this and that. He just couldn't really find the field, and now here we are. And showing flashes against BG in New Mexico, but eh, I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to see something from him in these last three games. But, uh, you know, is he going to play a lot next year in his last year of eligibility? Or uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. Because I could really see him having a Miles Boykin type of year next year. Uh, real quick, let's mention our friends Roman, uh, Roman Online. You, with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for your ED. All from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Just go to roman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Again, that's roman.com slash locked. So getting in here to the wrapping up Coach Kelly's presser kind of rundown. Uh, just this quick review of this, get our reaction. Uh, it'll be a little more organized, I promise, as we get along here. We're really just trying to get this podcast off the ground, uh, lock up some of our other, no pun intended, lock up some of our other obligations that we had prior to taking this role. And again, we're so, so pumped about this. But uh, yeah, just wanted to get this out there. And, you know, again, I'm just we really want to show you guys what you guys can expect from from us taking over the Locked On podcast. So uh, moving on here, uh, we're going to go a little more quick uh, with Lindsey and Wilkins. Joe Wilkins was out with a hamstring injury. He'll be checked. More updates to come, I think, later in the week. Uh, Braden Lindsay, I don't understand this one. Uh, is this one of those Kelly probation-ish type suspension things? I don't know. I'm not here to spread rumors, but he's out with fatigue. He's like 19, 20 years old. They said he's on a mega wave, kind of checking, you know, his levels or whatever, seeing, I'm not really sure what he was referring to. I know they wear those bands around their chest, heart rate, EKGs, things like that. Um, and kind of gauging where their bodies are at throughout the week. Um, said he did mention this long year of academics and football had a concussion earlier this year and the fatigue is not concussion related. That's interesting. He brings up academics. Is he struggling with academics and maybe on some sort of probation suspension type? I don't know. I've just, unless it's, Unless it is a concussion, or unless it is, unless it's mono, I've not really heard many guys being out with fatigue. And then to mention, uh, it's been a long academic year. I don't know. It's interesting because you know we talked about it the other day. You got to have your fastest guy in the field at all times. Um, I would have loved some more follow up on there, but I know the journalists that are in the room during Coach Kelly's presser, they only have so much time. I did think it was interesting too that uh, there was time. You know, talking about time to prepare for uh uh for the triple option and i me- i heard it mentioned a couple years ago that uh coach kelly spends a little bit of time each week on the triple option um and i don't know if they still do it but he mentioned that, that some of the ways they bring in their walk-ons now uh, is kind of with the triple option in mind he also mentioned drill work they do during the week it kind of gets their guys ready and prepared um, he thinks it lays a nice foundation for them to be prepared for the triple option. And he did mention, you know, it is tough, really tough to simulate that triple option versus the actual game speed that they're going to face. And I don't disagree with that. You know, these guys are recruited in, they work on it all day long. Uh, that's what they play. They do it on Saturday. And then coach Kelly's kind of trying to round up a scout team to simulate that. So, um, uh, he, it was brought up toward the end of the presser, uh, how they bounced back. Um, you know, and he said a high level of mental toughness between the last two games. 
I can't say I necessarily disagree with that. Um, I did think, I, I don't think Virginia Tech's very good. They beat Wake Forest over the weekend that a lot of people think a lot of. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about Virginia Tech, and I, I just think we're so much more superior, superiorly talented than them than a 21-20 victory with two fourth down conversions and a 17-play drive to end the game. And then Duke, I mean, yeah, it... We beat we got beat our asses kicked by Michigan. Fine and, and, and mental toughness bouncing back. I mean, I don't guess in my opinion, it's not really too hard to bounce back. Uh, we're getting Virginia Tech at home with a quarterback who knowingly cannot throw the ball, and then Duke. I think that's enough said there. Um, he, Coach Kelly wasn't asked. And it was pointed out by the journalist that uh, he wasn't asked until about the twenty-five minute mark about uh, Ian Book of the presser. And, you know, he said he just needs his supporting cast to set, step up. Significant progress made. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I definitely think that, you know, he's made some progress. He, he did what he was supposed to do, and I can always appreciate that. I can always it, it, Same as I said about Notre Dame over Robert Morris the other day. Fine, you know, you, did, you won by like 40. Great, you did what, exactly what you were supposed to do. And as long as you do that, then, hey, we're all good. You know, he went on the road, he blew out Duke played relatively well uh, a couple picks there one wasn't necessarily his fault um but yeah i also agree that you know his supporting cast does need to step up uh, he needs a little more of a running game maybe his supporting cast could also be his offensive coordinator step up and make better play calls um then uh, it was also brought up toward the end there about chris fink i thought that was interesting he's kind of had some nagging injuries shoulders ribs uh, kind of a, he had a leg, and that's he's, Kelly's quote for quote, had a leg injury of some kind. Uh, he, kind of a guy is not, quote, was not going to pull himself out of any action. Um, the only thing I'll say to that is uh, sometimes maybe a guy needs pulled out on his own. Maybe the guy needs hit, hit, saved himself from, from himself because he needs to get back to performing at a high level. He did fine. I mean, he had a great game against Duke. Don't get me wrong. It was a nice game. Uh, yeah, I just think, uh, yeah, he, sometimes he's very frustrating. Let's just put it that way. And again, it was Duke. It was Duke. <laughs> so, I mean, I really do hope that, uh, I really hope that we bounce back this week. And we, what happened against Duke, in my opinion, should run the rest of the schedule. There's no sense that that should not be, uh, the rest of the schedule. I mean, there's no reason this weekend we shouldn't be able to just whitewash Navy blow out uh, Boston College in one of the best rivalries that's been mishandled, and I'll get to that next week. I think it's the most mishandled rivalry in all of rivalries. Um, yeah, well, story for another day. We're running out of time here today. I did want to go over the depth chart real quick. Um, it looks like he's got, uh, is this up to date? Yeah, I just printed this out. So, yeah, he actually does have Lindsay as a starter He's got Claypool, Lindsey, Fink on the outside, Tony Jones, or the the or Jafar Armstrong, Kmet, Eichenberg, Banks, Patterson, Rule, and Lug, and then on the defensive side we got Jones backed up by Agofu, uh, of course Myron, uh, MTA as they call him, Kurt Heinish, uh, Khalid Kareem with uh, Ogan DJ behind him, then we got Drew White in the middle. Bo Bauer backing him up, Asmir Bilal, Shane Simon, JOK, Paul Mawala, Penn grad, by the way. Look up Penn High School if you get a chance. We've done some work with uh, some people affiliated with Penn High School. Man, it's a first-class high school program. Check them out if you get a chance. Troy Pride, of course, at the corner. Gilman, Elliott, Dante Vaughn, not many changes there. 
as far as specialists goes, we're still looking at Fink, Lawrence Keys, uh, Joe Wilkins is on the two deep there. I always thought it was interesting. Gilman is the second punt returner. If Fink can't go. I don't. Have we seen that? Am I missing something? Maybe. Maybe you, somebody else needs to take this job already because I don't feel like no, he's not. He's not taking one, but. Uh, credit to Irish Sports Daily for the uh, update on the new uh, depth chart. So hopefully I get you guys caught up this week. Like I said, this was recorded on a Monday for our Wednesday show. Hopefully nothing huge happens. Uh, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, tomorrow I'll have a review of uh, Notre Dame's win over Howard in basketball. We'll also talk a little Notre Dame Marshall. Give you an update on Irish soccer as they fell to Clemson on Saturday or Sunday night. Uh, horrible second half. Uh, football news and notes, of course. And now I'm also going to get off the radar just a hair. I know this is the Irish uh, Locked On Irish podcast, but uh, I'm going to give you guys a react, my reaction to the uh, latest college football playoff rankings, and uh, we'll kind of have some uh, have a little discussion about that if there's time. So follow us on Twitter at Locked On Irish. That is Twitter, Locked On Irish. And we know you're fans of other teams out there, so I'm sure you can find your team and any other pro sport, go on, get on uh, LockedOnPodcast.com. Check them out. See if, you know, I'm a Bears fan. That's who my pro team is. My two partners in crime are Steelers fans. I'm sure they're going to be checking out the other uh, podcasts on there as well. So, till tomorrow, go Irish. <laughs>